Hello, dear friends. How are you? This is Kardec Radio at 11 p.m. Nourishing our souls with lifting hope. Today, we're going to discuss another chapter from the book, Memoirs of a Suicide, by Von Pereira, through the spirit Camilo. Camilo and Yvonne brought to us a masterpiece that can boost hope in our lives. This book had so many impediments during the way. It took almost 30 years to be published. And Camilo and other suicidal spirits uh, started being in touch with her when she was quite young, at 26 years of age, Yvonne Pereira. Because she was born in 1900, 1926. It was when she started receiving messages and later on in 1954, she wrote the preface of the book. In 56, Leon Denis finished the second revision of the book and the Brazilian Spirit Spiritist Federation published it today, friends. It's a major chapter. We apologize that yesterday we had so much uh, technical difficulties, we were unable to do the program, and we apologize for it. But, you know, the book is so phenomenal that it makes sense that we have some impediments. In this new chapter that we're going to study, and I'm opening here the very chapter. It's chapter four. Remember, studying this book... It's about lifting up hopes. It's about prevention, and it's about also um, helping those who are discarnated and who are in the valley of suicides. In between the suicidal death and being rescued, it takes time. It's not easy. But they don't go to hell forever. They don't go to hell either. What is hell? You may be asking. So I'm going to read to you the very definition of it all. Because in the Spirit's book, which contains 1,019 questions and answers, in the last part of the book, named Hopes and Solaces, Hope and Consolations, this book brings to us, the Spirit's book, solutions to many problems. And it talks about heaven, hell, and purgatory in the very last questions of the book. And I'm opening here to share with you the very answer. I think it's so striking because today we're going to talk about some parts of it. So let me say here, Spirit's book, which I also have in the Kindle format, as you can see here. There you go. And let me share with you <clears throat> one second. I'm opening the very page. And if you go all the way at the end of the book, it says question and answer a thousand. Oops. And. <clears throat> And, oops, 
Ok. Ok. <clears throat> It's the chapter, last chapter, Heaven, Hell and Purgatory in the Spirits Book by Allan Kardec. Questions 1012 to 1019. And here we have it. Accordingly, would heaven and hell not exist as humans have represented them? How many people are afraid of hell, hmm? of purgatory? Many, 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 many people don't want to talk about death because they are afraid of it. Are you afraid of it? What do we do? Let's get to know. So we don't need to be afraid. They are no more than figure of speech. Happy and unhappy spirits are everywhere. Nevertheless, as we have also told you, spirits of the same order gather together due to their mutual sympathy. When perfect, they can meet wherever they desire. Okay? Now, what is purgatory? A question 1013. Physical and mental suffering. It is a period of expiation. It is almost always on the earth that you make your own purgatory. And that is where God enables you to expiate your wrongs. Love it. So, like in the book, Memoirs of a Suicide. The Hope Colony and the Hospital Mary of Nazareth inside it are located in one of the zones, the lower zones in between, around like close to the Valley of Suicides, okay? So we're talking about who good spirits who are helping. So that's why they say here to Kardec, good and bad spirits are everywhere. It's not about the location per se, though we may gather together, cluster, together like stars clusters of stars we cluster together according to our sympathy like the value of suicides they are magnetically attracted to it because of their mindset right now um we can understand this on the part of the spirits wish to instruct us but how may it be explained when questioned about their situation spirits have responded that they were suffering the tortures of hell or purgatory. Okay, when they are of low order and are not completely dematerialized, spirits retain a portion of their earthly ideas and translate their impressions using terms that are familiar to them. They find themselves in surroundings that do not permit them to probe the future except in a deficient way. This is the reason why errant or recently discarnated spirits usually speak just as they would have it if they were still incarnated. Hell may be translated as meaning a life of extremely painful trials with the uncertainty that it will ever end. This is the answer to question 1014. Why am I saying this? 
because much of what we're reading in this book, Memoirs of a Suicide, may sound like hell, but the definition that the spirits give is much different. We may be here incarnated, living very difficult trials and uncertain of when they are gonna end. So for us, it's, it's, it is vital, vital to study more about spirituality to never incur in uncertainty. Do you understand what I mean? That uncertainty of the end of our suffering leads us to that feeling of hell. But once we get to know of what we got to know here, it's impossible for us to be in any hell, anywhere, life in incarnate life, or in discarnate life. Because we know that life goes on, that God is good, just loving, that we're children of love, that we're co-creators, that we're, we're destined to progress. Where is the uncertainty there anymore? It disappears. We know whatever we go through, it's temporary. So, Hell doesn't exist per se, unless, unless we go through challenges and we are uncertain of the end. But you and I know that there's always an end point to suffering. And the certainty that we have is always of love, of justice of compassion, of kindness. So for us, hell does not exist. Got it? Hello, sunshine. I can see you right in here. We're extremely grateful for the, the divine service that we're doing together. Thank you, sunshine. Friends, let's go back to the book. Are you ready? Remember, Camilo is going to tell us about the story of this friend that he made in the beyond, Jerônimo. I think you're going to love the story. Well, chapter four, Jerônimo de Araújo Silveira and Family. Camilo begins this chapter by saying, we were unable to receive news concerning our families or friends. Excruciating longing like a corrosive burn acid burning inside our emotional reservoirs, filled our poor hearts with the disappointing despair of a thousand anguishing questions. Pause for a second. Where do you live? Do your loved ones, other family members live nearby or far away? How attached are you? What are your feelings? These are important questions, assessment questions, because we need to learn about detachment, to love without attachments. Many people define themselves by their family relationships. That's so bad. And you may say, but Vanessa, what about love? Remember, friends, look at our master, the guide and model of our lives. 
Have you ever heard of Jesus being always like, you know, bringing their, his family members with him? No, they came along. You've never heard of Jesus wearing family members. And I say wearing, quote unquote, because some people, they are so attached to their family members. They cannot do make any decision without a family member coming along. This is insane. It is insane. Mm -hmm. We need to love without attachments. Yes, we can do things together, but we need to learn how not to do things together. Because temporarily, we are family members. But in the long run of immortality, who is not our family member? Isn't that what Jesus said? Can you imagine at the cross? At the cross. He is almost at the final moments. His mom, who is a missionary, huh? A missionary, but a mom. Followed him all along. Not only gave him life, but she supported him. She was there all along. But you know, he could have put together a house, lived with his mom. You've never heard, oh, Jesus was living with his mom because he didn't get married. No. He was in the world. Oh, but Vanessa, he's a missionary. No, he's our guiding model. He's teaching us a lesson. Detachment. The ultimate lesson besides forgiveness is when his mom is anguished. Read it in chapter 30, 30 of the book Good News by Umberto de Campos. There he is. His mom is anguished. She looked at him still looking forward to some form of consolation. John, the disciple and apostle, is next to her. Jesus looks at her and says, Mom, here's your son. Mother, mother, here's your son. Son, here's your mother. And you may claim, Bob, come on, Vanessa, he's just teaching us a lesson. No, 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 no. Some moms, if they heard this at the child's deathbed, they would be upset, saying, what? Are you ungrateful? But Mother Mary understood it. So much so that she embraced all of us as her own children. On that very moment, Mother Mary embraced all of us. All of us as her children. Because John represents all of us. He represents all of us. The legion of Mary's servants are the result of that moment and much more. Okay? Yes, Teresa Castro is bringing something from the phenomenal book by Leon Denis after death, chapter 
37 when he talks about hell, Satan, saying this is a myth. Edo creature is eternally doomed to evil. Thank you, Teresa. It's beautiful teamwork here. Thank you for helping us clarifying these things. So let's go back to the story of Geronimo and Camilo and many others. The suicidal spirits here are so attached to material things, to their families, that they are living that excruciating pain because they cannot get to know their family members' news, etc. And he says, Even so, there was permission for us to be informed about any mental visits and fraternal wishes for peace and future happiness. Did you see this expression? Mental visits. When you are on earth, you think of somebody who discarnated that may represent a mental visit. Mm -hmm. Rihanna is studying every Thursday at 12 Eastern PM Eastern time, the book Messages from a Teen in the Beyond, right? The Spirit in you lose you through Chico Xavier brought that book about. And in that book, we hear about these mental visits. Fraternal wishes as well, okay? And he says, Every room in this hospital contained a highly sensitive apparatus made of electromagnetic substances, like screens, computers, which was capable of receiving, selecting, reproducing, and then displaying on its screen any images and sounds that were benevolently and charitably sent our way. Okay? Whenever a benevolent soul, whether one of our family members or even someone unknown to us, sent fraternal vibrations through the immensity of space to our Heavenly Father, asking for mercy for our despair darkened souls, we would be immediately informed by a light on the device, which in addition of transmitting the kind words of the prayer, also reproduced the image of those who prayed. So if you pray for somebody who is on earth, they may receive it. If you think of them, send them a message, they're going to receive it. Right? Hello, Eric Pacheco. I saw your message. We can certainly make an appointment. Okay, Eric? We're going to talk about it by email. Thank you, Eric. Sometimes we were astonished by this. Individual whom we had not always thought of with affection and devotion would frequently appear on the magnetic screen, while others who had received a great deal of our love rarely bothered to mitigate the harshness of our inner condition with the sanctifying tenderness of a prayer. Thus we were able to ascertain people's thoughts about us. Unfortunately for us, such an event, which would so greatly mitigate the despair of our loneliness, a cooling relief for the burning longing that assailed our minds and hearts, was very rare in almost the entire hospital. 
because when people commit suicide, what do loved ones do? They put that person aside. Instead of praying, they're afraid of talking about it. They're afraid of praying for the person. They think the person is doomed. And the people who should pray for them the most are the ones who don't. It doesn't surprise me, and I'll say, I'll tell you why. Of course, anybody can commit suicide, but you can tell that there are many factors that lead to suicide. Many. Some that belong to the, if it is an equation, we would say some of these factors belong to the very person who commits suicide. But it also, we could say the environment, the people whom we live with have part on it. So it doesn't surprise us that when people commit suicide, the very people who are the closest do not pray for the suicidal mind. Mm -hmm. Right? Because if there were more stronger bonds, it's likely that those things wouldn't have occurred. I'm not saying that people commit suicide because of the people who are with them are not supportive, but we're saying it's an equation that has reincarnatory components, spiritual components. It has the very person's personalities, like multi-millenary personality, plus the group that is living with a person or connected to the person. That factor has an impact as well. It's not decisive, but has an impact. So it doesn't surprise us what Camilo is saying to us here. He's saying, I'm referring here to prayers from loved ones left behind on the earth. The remarkable device registered only sincere invocations. Those that, due to the sublimated nature of the vibrations emitted at the time of the prayer, would be able to harmonize with the magnetic waves capable of breaking through the natural barriers. Pause for a second. Some people, they may pray, but they are still resented. Resentful with the person who committed suicide with some form of a reason, or they are upset, etc. So the vibrations are not harmonious, right? Quite interesting. Quite interesting. Now, at some point in this chapter, okay, he says this, <clears throat> the precious devices constantly reminded us that we, we have not been forgotten at all by the inhabitants of the spirit world from other astral zones, as well as from other localities in our colony, fraternal wishes of peace, comfort, and encouragement for the future would reach us. They prayed for us fervently, invoking not only Mary's maternal help for our immense weaknesses, but also the merciful intervention of the Divine Master himself. 
Furthermore, disciples of Allan Kardec, seeking to exemplify their conduct according to Christian guidelines, would congregate periodically in private quarters, just like the ancient initiates in the secrecy of their sanctuaries and respectfully obeying fraternal sentiments for the love of the divine Christ would send us charitable thoughts. Thus, they frequently visited us by means of vigorous mental currents, sanctified by prayer, imbuing them with tenderness and compassion that penetrated the recesses of our mortified and forgotten souls as rays of consoling hope. But that was not Fraternal caravans of spirits on beneficent field trips assisted by venerable mentors would come to our sad region from higher spiritual realms to bring their compassionate solidarity on visits that we greatly appreciated. So you see, there are higher spirits, other colonies who are praying for the suicidal spirits regularly, and he says, how much spiritism helps us, the incarnates, focus and pray for the suicidal spirits too. So if you're watching this, have you started your prayers for the suicidal spirits? Ah, oh, but Vanessa, I'm afraid. Afraid of what? I am afraid of praying for them and they come to my home. That doesn't make sense, right? You don't attract something by praying for them. You attract by the feelings that you have. If we have feelings that are similar, we will attract anybody with or without a prayer. But when we pray with sincerity, we attract good spirits instead. But they are going to use those energies to help the spirits who are in that state of disturbance of the mind in the valley of suicides. Makes sense? So you and I are invited to pray for them daily. Just add in your prayers that Mother Mary and her team can continue these beautiful works of rescuing the suicidal minds so they can renew themselves, begin again. Shall we? Mm -hmm. Agreement? Deal? Deal or no deal? Deal, right? All right. Okay, and later, later, what happened later in this chapter? He says, two events of profound significance for our adaptation to the spirit world took place right after the first few days following our admission to the Astro Institute. He says that he will dedicate this chapter to the more extraordinary of the two and wait for the next chapter to describe the second event, okay? One morning, now it's getting more and more exciting, the younger Dr. Canarejas, Carlos Canarejas, told us that we, Roberto, sorry, 
had been invited to an important gathering that afternoon. All the new arrivals would be meeting with the director of the department, the one that was in charge of us all the time, for a talk of general interest. But Geronimo was in a bad mood and he got even worse. He formally declared that he did not care to participate. He did not feel obligated to show servile obedience just because he was in the hospital. The only thing he cared was to get some news about his family. It's shocking. You know, when I was reading this, I was shocked. I was like, I can't believe he committed suicide. He's being helped. He's going to be visited by the director. And yet, he's so rebellious, so demanding that he wants to get news from his family. I mean, if you really care about your family, why did you commit suicide, right? But you think the doctor said that to him? No. It's so beautiful to see how this doctor is so compassionate. Unlike us, they don't have that mindset. They understand. Amazing. You see, Roberto was not the least bit irritated by this and gently stated that he was the emissary of an invitation, not an order, and that none of us were being forced to go. Embarrassed and shocked by our companion's incivility, the rest of us acquiesced with the biggest smiles we could dig up from past memories and thanked Roberto for the honor extended to us. So remember, they were undergoing treatment and believe it or not, they are there and Geronimo comes and says, Doctor, Considering the generous sentiments that must certainly abound in your character, I think you might be able to do me a big favor. Roberto de Canalejas, the doctor, who before becoming a dedicated fraternal worker and a spirit converted to the good, most certainly must have been a perfect gentleman, while on earth smiled kindly and replied, I am at your disposal, my friend. How can I help you? The thing is, I urgently need to send a petition to the Honorable Director of this Institute. I'm anxious for news from my family. I haven't seen them in a while. I've lost track of how long it's actually been. I've been waiting for any kind of information, but to no avail. I don't have any more strength left to endure the anxiety assailing my heart. I would like to get permission from the venerable director to go home and find out the reason for this ungrateful service. Silence. I haven't received visits from my loved ones. I haven't received many letters. Could you take this request to the director? And he answered, of course, my friend. 
it's not forbidden at all, the director will be more than happy to hear you out. Could the request be made today? You see, suicidal spirits are like this. They're very impulsive, demanding. And we're saying this not in a judgmental way. But we need to observe the characteristics of the minds who commit suicide. Because we need to observe in our children. Anger management is number one. Because they get angry, irritated, demanding, they're forceful, they're impulsive, it's either their, their way or the highway. Very, very complicated. So we need to manage it. If it's not their way, they quit, right? We have to be very, very careful. Like Geronimo here, he's like, he has to be today. Mama Mia, who are you, my friend, right? We're saying this, think about it. Who are you? You're not the king of the world. You're here out of God's mercy and you're demanding. One thing is to ask a favor, another is to demand. He's being demanding. As Camilo says, he's under a lot of incivility. And then Dr. Canalejas says, I'll take it to him myself and the assistant Joel will let you know about the decision. Half hour later, that's amazing. The good spirits are so fast. He returned to inform the patient that the director had invited him for a personal meeting. He looked worried, however, and we could detect some trouble on his otherwise usually smiling face. Our companion Geronimo, who had the reputation of being the most rebellious and undisciplined of the ten of us, demanded that the assistant give him a suit to wear when the doctor arrived. It's amazing. Did you see the words rebellious and undisciplined? These are big words. Rebelliousness and lack of discipline. We're living at a time on earth in which people are learning, especially from leaders, leaders in all sectors, not only politicians, of people who are what? Rebellious. And what kind of rebelliousness we're talking about? They are not conforming to the good. Hmm? and undisciplined. Their way has to be the way. Mm -hmm. So they left immediately and they had not yet reached the end of the long corridor lined by the dormitory doors when Dr. Canahillas and one of the assistants entered the room declaring, we have come to invite you to observe our friend Geronimo. So they, Camilo and the other friends, are going to be in a room with Dr. Roberto and an assistant watching Geronimo talk with the director of the institute. 
Ok. Hello, Rosaline Rosa. Hello. So, we know that none of you are happy with the regulations of our hospital, which allow it to intercept all news coming from the earth. However, the rules are in place for your benefit, and there's no prohibition against a brief visit to earth. As you'll see in a few moments, you can watch this remote viewing device you are already familiar with and follow the steps of our brother Geronimo. In case he obtains the permission he seeks, you can watch what happens as he goes to see his family and you won't even have to leave the room. Tomorrow, if you still desire to go to your homes on a premature visit, you'll be allowed to do immediately so that the rebelliousness that has been assailing your minds does not continue to delay the acquisition of new values that would benefit you in the future. Did you see what an educational institute is? These people are rebellious. I'm sorry to say, but suicidal minds are rebellious minds. They do not accept the rules. So we have to be on it if we are being rebellious. Scale 0 to 10, how rebellious do you think you are in life? Super rebellious, little rebellious. What do you think? Because the amount of rebelliousness can be very dangerous for us in many ways. So we need to look at these features of the mind that predispose us to these, the risks of life. I'm not being dramatic. The book is about human life. These spirits need to be tamed. We need to tame ourselves. Be less rebellious. Life is saying, no, you can't. And you're like, but I want it. But I, you can't. I want, you can't because it's not good for you, but I want it. And that rebelliousness is going to set us for failure, like it did for them. So, Geronimo walked, well, they turned on, it's like a TV, right? They left their beds, they were there in front of the screen, screen. they were watching what was happening there. And um, Geronimo was immediately taken to a room with wide windows overlooking the garden, displaying the melancholy panorama of the community where so many sorrows collided. It was a meeting room, a kind of consulting office or waiting area, organized in perfect Indian style. I'll put a pause here. I remember Sunshine the day before asking about why throughout the book we're going to find Indian Hindu-like motives in the place and the clothing, etc. Throughout the book, we'll talk more about it. But one of the things that we would like to explain is this. If you go to the book on the way to the light, you're going to see that 
the in the ancient civilizations, right? The higher spirits that incarnated on Earth, who were exiled from another planet, another constellation, they formed several civilizations. One of them, the Hindu civilization. And they were the most spiritualized of them all. Read on the way to the light. So a lot of the traditions come from there. Plus, I'd like to share with you something that probably you know or probably you don't know, friends. But did you know that Mother Mary is deeply appreciated in the Hindu tradition, though many people may not even be Christian, of course, it's their minority in India, but till nowadays, Mother Mary is considered like a goddess. Mm -hmm. Did you know it? Yes. There is more to share with you about it. This is just the first piece of information I want to share with you about it, okay? But throughout the book, we're going to bring more and more pieces for this puzzle, okay? So now, a subtle fragrance of an essence unknown to our senses delighted us as our wonder regarding the device used to transmit these real images continued to increase. A light curtain made of a flexible and gently shimmering fabric fluttered on the front door and the hospital's director general walked in. Geronimo jumped to his feet and tried to flee the room, but he was stopped by the assistant that had followed him. Before him stood a man about 40 to 50 years old, meticulously dressed in Indian garb, a white turban with an emerald twinkling like a star, a broad-sleeved tunic, a sash around his waist, and traditional sandals. His oval light brown face displayed classic features and his eyes, brilliant and piercing, sparkled with intelligence and magnetic depth. On his right hand, he wore a ring with a precious stone similar to that on his turban, perhaps identifying him as a master among the other members of the splendid team of physicians that served at the Mary of Nazareth Hospital. Like Geronimo himself, we, we were vividly fascinated by his noble figure. Without further ado, the assistant Romeo told Geronimo, told the physician the purpose of the visit, saying that Geronimo wanted what he wanted. Geronimo interrupted nervously. You see the characteristic impulsive, lack of emotional management. He said, yeah, that's right. I would rather go back to the turmoil of pain I just left then endure any longer the fierce longing that, that assails me from the lack of news about my family. Blah, 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 blah. 
The head's physician, luminous eyes, lay tenderly on the restless spirit of that man who would still need a long time to learn to control himself. See? Friends, emotional management is number one. Number one for us. Filled with compassion for his mental disharmony. If you see the way he says here, Geronimo, it's like many of us on earth. I long for my family. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen to my family? That's not harmony. And people think that's love. It's not love. It's disharmony. Read the book. Read the book. He gazed at him kindly, foreseeing the long pathway of struggles that would be necessary before he would be able to adjust to the satisfying behavior of conformity and self-denial. So here we have it. Today, we're being called to revisit our family attachments and harmonize ourselves and be less attached and at the same time be in greater mental harmony mm -hmm. and think about it if you discarnate today are you going to be like geronimo are we going to be like geronimo desperate oh my gosh where are my family members that's not good if you go to the book sex and destiny you're going to see mrs beatrice she discarnates she's in the spiritual realm I want to see my family. I want to see my family. They say, not yet. I want to see my family. She goes, and what happens to her? She has a mental crisis. She has to be taken to the spiritual hospital, be put to sleep, do regression therapy, go through treatment, because when she came here and saw the mess, she was deeply distraught. So you and I need to practice Detachment. And detachment is not about not talking. It's about feelings. It's not like, oh, I'm not going to talk with my fear. Talk as if they are children of God, just like anybody else. And talk to people who are not in your circle of blood ties as if they were important as well. Like Jesus. He cultivated that sense of universal family. If we cultivate that sense of universal family, we're going to be less attached. You agree, friends? Hmm? Okay. So, here we are. Let me see here. Brother Theocrito, the name of the director, he says, my friend, my brother Geronimo, before answering your request, I must clarify that I'm not at all a prince, as you have supposed. I'm simply a spirit that used to be a man, someone who has lived, suffered, struggled, humility, total humility. He says, between you and me, Geronimo, there's only a small difference, a small distance. Since I have lived many more times on the earth than you have, I have suffered more. 
I have worked a little longer and therefore have learned to resign myself more easily to practice self-denial in the name of God's love and to control my emotions. Okay, go back. Brother Theocritus ahead of us. Let's learn from him. He says he has suffered more. So suffering is a good thing. Two, he worked more than us. He learned to surrender more easily. He practiced self-denial. So we need to practice forgetting a little more about ourselves. Okay? Go to family meetings, to work, to the Spirit Center, and avoid talking about yourself. How are you doing? Great. How is everything? Great. Don't say anything. Practice. Self-denial. In the name of God's love and control emotions. See? To control emotions. How do you control emotions? Some people think that controlling emotions is about not showing emotions. That's a myth. To control emotions... Is about managing them, administering them, and it requires awareness, which is consciousness, identification, strategies to work with them. That takes, it's labor intensive. It's, it doesn't come like that. It's like reading and writing. You have to work on it to read and write. Right? Look at a child. You have to go to school and practice and practice and practice and practice. The same for emotional intelligence. We need to learn to go to the school of emotion. Yes. And learn how to read and write and work on it without rebelliousness. But usually we don't like it because we are rebellious on earth. Majority of people. No, I, I already know it. I know it. No, we don't. Because if we knew it, life would be so much easier for all of us. I have observed, he says, I have struggled more fervently and thus have acquired a great number of experiences, says Brother Turakuto. So you can see that I'm not the sovereign of the, these domains, but a servant, simple servant of the Legion of Mary. Mary, the only majesty that governs this correctional institute where you are, temporarily lodged. To you, I'm like an older brother, he says. He made a brief pause and says, You want to see your children, Geronimo? That is quite natural, my friend. And then he is so kind what he says here. Children are part of our moral being. Their love makes us experience superlative emotions, but also frequently reduces us to excruciating sorrows. I understand your burning paternal anxieties because I know that you loved your children sincerely and selflessly. I know the extent of your current questions away from the loved ones that stayed behind in Oporto. Orphans of your guidance and support like you 
I was once a father and experienced that love, Geronimo. So it is only fair that I validate your sentiments by how I felt, praised, praising your aspirations instead of reproaching them because they attest to your esteem for your family. Nevertheless, I would strongly advise against leaving this premises where you're going through so much pain in your efforts to recover for the deleterious influence of Earth's environment, nor even for an hour, not even to get news about your children. He says, deleterious influence of Earth's environment. That was the beginning of the 20th century. Friends, 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 you're incarnated and I do too. What does that mean? We have to be super vigilant because we're incarnated and we are here. This is like a battlefield of good and evil. We have to be vigilant, prayerful. We have to practice virtues to succeed in an incarnation because it's not easy. But you know, Geronimo insists. He says, but I want it. I give my word like a child, right? And Brother Theocritus says, I cannot authorize your desire at this time. However, just I find it to be. You have to be able to control the impulses of your character, dear Geronimo. Learn to control your emotions to keep your anxieties in check, turning them into a stable aspiration under the sacred protection of hope. Wow, lifting hope. Sacred protection of hope. Write it down. He's telling us, learn to control your impulses. Learn to control your emotions to keep your anxieties in check, turning them into stable aspirations under the sacred protection of hope. He's saying, tell yourself, I will meet my loved ones whenever I am ready. He turned the anxieties into the protective hope. There are things that you and I cannot achieve today. That's not forever. I'll give an example. There are many mothers who stop their careers and their jobs to take care of their children. And then they start becoming anxious. Oh my God, when I am going to be back? What is going to happen to my life? I'm never going to go back to the task force. Nobody's going. What's going to happen when they see my CV? Control your emotions, my friend. Anxieties in check, sacred protection of hope. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in the higher spirits? You have a mission, my friend. Hold your horses. Love your children. When they grow older, you go back. You can do part-time. And then one day, full time. Is it hard? 
kind of yes and no. Because one day you'll be back. And I know many people who cannot do it. So, right now, you are incarnated, I am incarnated. And we may be just in the same mindset of Geronimo. Anxious. In mental confusion, disharmony. Longing for things or people. And the higher spirits are saying, not now. But you want it. You want that house. You want that job. You want that this, that, or the other. Or the marriage or the children. What if it's not supposed to happen? But you know what? You and I are going to learn a lesson in this chapter. If we keep asking, asking, what did Jesus say? Ask and you will receive. But the consequences will come along. Look at this. Geronimo is saying, uh, Brother Te Theocrito is saying, remember that it was those in unbalanced impulses based on rebelliousness, impatience, and lack of prudence that plunged you into the violence of suicide. Yes, you'll be able to see your children. However, for your own good, I will ask you to postpone your plans till a few months from now. He's not asking for years, just months. But a suicidal mind is irascible, impulsive, violent. He wants it now. What's going to happen? You want to see? It's hard. He says... But unless I get the news I want, I won't have any serenity for any such future plans, sir. Oh, dear God, my little Margarita left behind while only seven years old, so blonde and so pretty. And then, Borough the Theocritus said, have you ever thought of appealing to the paternal assistance of God Almighty in order to acquire strength and resign yourself to a prudent weight that would be crowned with success. We desire your well-being, Geronimo. We want to give you some respite for the rehabilitation you need. Turn your thoughts to Mary of Nazareth, under whose care you have been rescued. You need to acquire goodwill to reach the good. Pray, try to connect to high vibrations, Blah blah blah. Renounce this counterproductive plan and trust in your assistance and protection. I will trust, sir. I will kneel at the feet, but only after seeing my loved ones. He's rebellious. No matter the explanation, the love, he wants it and he wants it now. What's going to happen? Having fulfilled his role as a counselor, Brother Theocritor understood that it would be unless useless to insist. 
while the assistant Romeo shook his head sorrowfully. Brother Teocrito looked at the patient with tears pulling his eyes and said compassionately, You have spoken a great truth, poor brother. Yes, only after, only after you will find a pathway to rehabilitation. There are inclinations that only the fetters of pain are powerful enough to correct, setting them on the pathway of duty. You have not yet suffered enough to remember that you have come from an all-merciful Father. We could deny your request, prevent your visit and punish you for your attitude. We have the authority and the permission. However, you're still too materialized and consequently under the influence of too many earthly prejudices to be able to understand us. As a matter of fact, our persuasive and non-controlling methods would be incompatible with an unyielding prohibition no matter how in tune with reason. I will consult with our temple instructors, as is my duty in dilemmas like the one you have just created. In profound concentration, Brother Teocrito retired to a private chamber nearby, where he communicated telepathically with the temple's upper leadership after a few moments, he returned with the final decision. Our higher mentors have granted you your freedom to act. While on one hand, someone in your condition is unable to enjoy the natural liberty of the spirit free from connection to the flesh, on the other hand, you cannot be forced to do things that would be repulsive to you. You can visit your loved ones on the earth. You can go to Portugal, where you lived according to your wishes. And since the paternal tenderness of the Creator often leads us to extract from an imprudent and condemnable act a salutary example, either for the moral delinquent himself or for those who observe him, I'm sure that your obstinacy will be beneficial to yourself as well as a dire warning to those who will become aware of it. However, listen closely, my dear Geronimo. Since you have not heeded our advice and have rebelled against the regulations of this institute, you are about to commit a wrong whose consequences will fall heavily upon you. This visit will be your responsibility and yours alone. There's no permission for it. It is your free will that imposes it. If the subsequent disappointments prove to be too much for you, you are to direct your complaints to your own self, since our efforts are only applied to soften misfortune and to avoid it when it is unnecessary. And then Brother Teocrito looked at the assistant and said, prepare him to go. 
satisfy all his earthly social desires because he will quickly grow tired of the earth. Let him do what he wants. This lesson will be a hard one, but it will also elicit a more rapid understanding and thus progress. What are the lessons for us today? Tomorrow, we will continue this chapter. We will travel together with Geronimo to see what he's going to find out. But for now, there are so many lessons in this part of the chapter that can benefit us. How many things are happening in our lives because we insisted on something that is not allowed? How many things are not supposed to go on, but we're insisting on it? Tonight, today, we're being asked to revisit them and check our levels of rebelliousness and see how we can tame ourselves. Share with friends. I know it's a very grave chapter, but it can't be otherwise. Because life is real. It's serious. Let us reflect on this and remember, as Brother Theocritus said to him, so beautiful, so beautiful. He says here, you have not suffered enough to remember that you have come from an all-merciful Father. Have we? Do we already feel that we have come from an all-merciful Father? Or are we just like Geronimo, committing crimes after crimes for so many lives, being rebellious and yet feeling entitled to more credit? That's our exercise in the next 24 hours. Let us rejoice because this is going to help us prevent many issues in the future. For now, I'm going to play the Ave Maria while we sing. Play it from here, from the phone to us. So we pray for ourselves, for those who are in that mindset of the valley of the suicides, okay? Dear Mother, Father God, we thank you for bringing Mother Mary to our lives. Her loving and kind approach and the thousands of collaborators who help throughout the world rehabilitate so many hearts and minds. 
We pray for the ones who committed suicide and are wandering in desperation. May they find the relief. May they find a helping hand. And may we also be helpful to one another, decreasing each other's pains and sorrows. Thank you for bringing this book for all those who worked so hard to make the book manifest on earth and for the opportunity of studying together. Help us. Please help us. Bring it to life every day. Sharing with everyone the beauty of hope. How much hope can protect us in sacred ways. May all of our homes be enveloped by a current of healing light. And those who are in need of rescue, receive it. May we stay under your guidance, protection and permission. Today and always and so be it. Thank you, Rihanna. Thank you, friends. Tomorrow we're going to get to know more about Geronimo's visit to the earth. Are we going to learn more with him? I think so. Until tomorrow, friends. God willing.